Hey everybody, this is Jamie Nunley, lead pastor of Victory Fellowship Church. Thanks for listening to the VFC Sermon Podcast. At the end of this episode, please take a moment to download our free VFC Thomasville app, where you can access all of our messages, sermon notes, announcements, and small group lessons. This app is the easiest way to keep up with everything going on here at VFC. So please enjoy the following sermon. We hope it encourages you in your walk with Jesus and helps you to belong, believe, and become. Enjoy. Well, good morning again. Good to see everyone here. Are you glad you're here? Yeah? Good, 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 good. Well, hey, we are kicking off a new series, all right? It's called Replacing Religion, and I'm super excited about about this and uh, super excited just in general about what God's doing here at VFC. I just want to echo the announcement about our, our survey. Um, we would really love 100% participation in this. I know it, it will take, uh, uh, Steph was like, it's not that long. It'll take you about five to ten minutes, closer to ten but it's really important information. It lets us know who's coming to VFC, what you guys think. Uh, if you want to remain anonymous, you can. If you want to let us know who you are, last time we did this two years ago, we found out some really interesting stuff that helps uh, guide the leadership uh, and, and what, what's going right, what can be improved, and all that good stuff. Uh, so please, 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 please take the time. As a matter of fact, Tiff just filled out her survey uh, just during announcements uh, just a minute ago. I don't recommend that. I'd rather you listen right now. But that's just to let you know how easy it is. She did it on the app. If you open up our VFC app, it's right there. You can't miss it. It says the survey. So please, we'll be talking about this all month, okay? So we really want a lot of participants. Um, as, we, as we start this series called Replacing Religion, I just, uh, there, there seems to be this fight between religion and spirituality. Have you ever heard someone say, I'm not religious, I'm spiritual? Right, and and most of the times that's the person that like you know wants to you know sit cross legged by the fire and hum songs in the woods, and they're like, oh, I'm just communing with God, and you can meet God in the woods, right? You can also meet a lot of ticks, so just be careful with that. But your spirituality is not measured by what you don't do. I don't go to church. I I go to the beach and experience God. Of course, you can experience God at the beach. You can experience God anywhere. But, but what, what we want to talk about is, is truly connecting with Jesus. What I want to do is, is we're going to get a, a, um, a little bit theological and also practical in this, in this series about how you can connect with God in the way that he wants to connect with you. Because in reality, uh, Christianity is not really a religion. Now, if you fill out a survey, uh, you fill out the census survey, just go ahead and check Christianity. Okay, you can do that. But, but it, it's, it's not really a religion. And, and let me explain that to you. Let me first define religion. Religion, when we use this term during this, this series, religion is man's attempt to reach God through systems, institutions, rules, or rituals. Systems, this is how we do things. This is, this is the way that we get things done. Institutions, this is the building that we go to. Or, or this is the, the place we always have to, to be at in order to meet with God. Um, rules, I've got to, don't do this, don't do this, don't do this. Some of y'all went to that church, right? 
Um, that, that's the way that, that people try, try to relate to God. Or rituals. Rituals. What is a ritual? It's simply a ritual is repeating the same thing over and over again to try to achieve the same results. The problem is we serve a creative God who wants obedience, not just a ritual over and over and over, right? And so, that, so that's what I mean when I say religion. Now, true Christianity is not man's attempt to reach God. It's God's attempt to reach man through his son, Jesus. And, and so as we talk, now let me just say this, and I'm, I don't have a, a lot of time to, to spend on this, so please go ahead and lay this down in the foundation, and you can refer back to it if you think this But not all religion always results in bad things. The book of James, it says, pure and undefiled religion is this, that we serve the widows and the orphans, and you keep yourself unspotted from the world. So there is a piety, there is a religion that can produce good works for other people. But as you'll see as we get into this, that is not what brings you a relationship with Jesus. And, and so we're going to kind of dissect this religion and Christian, these concepts, and compare and contrast them this morning. I want you to look at, the, at this example. We're going to talk about God Mountain for a little bit. I want you to think about uh, God Mountain, scaling God Mountain. So we've got a mountain. We've got God on top. There he is in all of his glory and splendor. And then we've got humanity at the bottom. And, and, and they're, they're reaching up and they're like, wow, I, that's God. He's amazing. He's incredible. I want to go to heaven. I want to live forever. I need God in my life. But how do I get from the bottom of the mountain? Because I don't deserve to be up there where God is. I'm not God. He's way up there, so far away. How do we reach God? What man has done is he has devised a system of different religions to try to scale God Mountain. And so we'll have, for instance, the, the Buddhist religion that'll say, follow the eightfold path. And as you follow the eightfold path, then, then you'll get closer to God. The problem is, is that doesn't reach God. Next, you'll have Hinduism that says, hey, you know, you need to be enlightened. And so you're going to be reincarnated over and over and over and over until finally you reach this enlightenment. Again, it doesn't reach God. And then you have Islam that says, no, 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 no. It's not about that. It's about works. You've got to pray five times, bow towards Mecca. You've got your good, in order to get to heaven, your good deeds have to outweigh your sins. And you don't really know until the end of your life whether or not you've been good enough to reach paradise. Then you have Judaism, which says, hey, follow the law, and when you break the law, do the necessary sacrifices. You even have a Christian religion that's not true Christianity, but it's this whole, hey, I'm just going to go to church, hang out, put the bumper sticker on my car, not have any life change, and hope that being associated with Jesus and somehow gets me in. So we have all these different religious man-made ideas of I've got to scale God mountain. I've I've somehow got to reach him and I'm going to use this religious idea or this religious idea to do this. But here's what Christianity is. Christianity, God comes down off the mountain and goes to you. His name is Jesus. And he becomes a human. 
And he lives among us and he lives the sinless life. And he, and he, and he, he comes down to where we are and he comes in a way that we can understand. And what's amazing about this is it doesn't end here. Then, in addition to coming down off the mountain, then he takes us back up to God with him. So you don't have to scale God mountain on your own, in your own works, in your own ability. No, you simply follow Jesus, and in his righteousness, you get access to God, and you simply follow him back up there. This is the essence of Christianity as opposed to religion. See, with religion, God is the recipient of our action. But in true Christianity, we are the recipient of his action. Now, our relationship will cause us to do, to do things. We'll, we'll do sacraments, you know, like communion we did this morning, baptism. We'll, we will do some sort of works. We'll do good deeds, right? We will, um, uh, there will be evidence of God's working in our life. But these things are done in the intimacy of faith, not the insecurity of religion. Love can be expressed in a lot of different ways, in many different forms. You can show love in many different forms, but the form itself is not the love. It's just an expression. Now think about this. We know this in our own relationships. You can hold the hand of your spouse because you love them or you can hold the hand of your spouse because you're afraid that they'll divorce you same activity different intentions and different reasons in in the same way you can take care of your parents because you really love them or you can take care of your parents because you want an inheritance same activity Different reasons, right? So it's not the form, it's, it's not the taking care of parents that proves where your heart is. It's your heart. It, it's your heart. And, and that's why we have to be careful if we view spirituality only as what we do. That's not necessarily true because there are people that have gotten really good at faking it. And, and so they look like they have a relationship with God, but they don't. So there are three things that I want you to know about religion this morning. Three things I want you to know, okay? Here's the first one. Religion is fueled by fear and self-focus. Religion is fueled by fear and self-focus. The Bible starts off in a world without religion. When when Scripture starts in the beginning of Genesis and God uh, makes Adam and Eve and and begins to interact with them, there's no religion anywhere. There's simply a relationship with humankind and God. Then sin shows up and religion begins. Genesis chapter 3 verse 7 is the first religious moment in history. Eve had just eaten of the tree, Adam not to be excused, was standing right there, according to Scripture, watching her do it. Good job, Adam. And, and then immediately, look, verse, chapter 3, verse 7. At that moment, as soon as they ate from the tree, at that moment their eyes were opened, and they suddenly felt shame at their nakedness. So they sewed fig leaves together to cover themselves. Religion. In fear, oh no, I'm naked. 
Which, that's not necessarily a bad reaction if you're naked to put something on. Amen, hallelujah, right? But it was, it was fueled by fear. It said, oh, I need to fix this. Not, not, I need God to fix this. I need to fix this. And then it was self-focused. I can fix this. I can do this myself. I can solve my own problems. And so we have the first religious experience here. After Adam's fall, religion has monopolized access to God. When sin entered the world, religion showed up. But then, thank God, Jesus came. And he is replacing religion with a relationship with himself. I love this quote by uh, the lead singer of U2, Bono. It says, I often wonder if religion is the enemy of God. It's almost like religion is what happens when the spirit has left the building. You should just look up Bono quotes on Christianity. He's got some good ones. But isn't that so true? That's so true. When God leaves, all of a sudden, fear takes root and self-focus kicks up and we start becoming real good and religious. As a matter of fact, do you know that the, the, the branch of Judaism that Jesus was born into with the Pharisees and the Sadducees, you know those names aren't mentioned in the Old Testament? Do you know that after, after the book of Malachi, which is chronologically the last book in the Bible, the last thing that God says to the nation of Israel is the book of Malachi. It's the last time he speaks through one of his prophets. And then there's hundreds of years of silence. That's when the Pharisees rose to power. See, when God leaves the building, religion takes hold. And so we need to make sure as a church that God never leaves the building, right? That we understand that his his presence is available at all times. And we don't get involved in this fear-based, fear-response, self-focused religion. Here's the other thing I want you to know about religion. Is that religion generates unnecessary and inadequate activity. Religion, it generates this unnecessary and inadequate activity. Now, we know that as Christians, we do the right thing, right? We know that as Christians, when God lives inside of us, he will, he will spur us on to good works. He, he, will, we, he will create good deeds through us. But when you're in religion and not relationship, those works are unnecessary and inadequate, they will, they will never measure up to what God really wants. Um, Amos is, is one of the Old Testament called the minor prophets. Not because he wasn't important, because the book's small. All right? That's the major prophets, the minor prophets, is the size of the book, not the importance of the person. But, but Amos is one of the minor prophets. He's towards the end of the Old Testament. And uh, he, God is speaking through him, and he's kind of getting all over the Israelites and giving them a hard time. I want to read... Amos 5, 21 through 23, but I want to read it to you in the message, which is a paraphrase of the Bible. It says this, this is God talking. I can't stand your religious meetings. Oh, this is going to be good. Don't you love it when God starts talking, he starts off with, I can't stand your religious meetings. Yeah, this is going to be a good one. I'm fed up with your conferences and conventions. I want nothing to do with your religion projects. Your pretentious slogans and goals. I'm sick of your fundraising schemes, your public relations and image making. I've had all I can take of your noisy ego music. 
When was the last time you sang to me? Wow. I love how that reveals the heart of God. He's like, look, all this noise you're making, all all this stuff you're doing, it's unnecessary and it's inadequate. It's not what I want and it doesn't even make me happy. When was the last time you sang to me? When was the last time your heart was engaged with, with mine? It's, it's not all that. And look, look, we have meetings and we have all these different. It's not that that's wrong. It's just that that is the overflow of a relationship. Religion utilizes performance in order to try to make God happy with us. You've got to do. You've got to do and hope that, <laughs> do you like this, Lord? Well, you hadn't asked for that. He's asked for your heart. He's asked for intimacy. He's asked for a relationship. Salvation creates works, but it doesn't come through works. We talked about this last week. The salvation equation, we went over it, how grace plus faith equals salvation plus works. Works are on the other side of the equal sign. It's the result of works. You do good things because you're celebrating your salvation, not because you're trying to get saved. Look, I'm telling you, if you... Try to utilize good works, being good in order to somehow please God. It's, it's pointless, and it's going to frustrate you. It's kind of like the, uh, I've heard the phrase, teaching a pig to sing. You ever heard that? Yeah, teaching a pig to sing. It wastes your time, and it annoys the pig. It's, it's the same thing. It's, when, when you're trying to, to make God happy through all these religious exercises and rituals and stuff that's apart from him, that's apart from his instruction, that's apart from obedience, it's just somehow it's like a spiritual panic attack rooted in fear where you're just trying to make him happy somehow. It annoys him. It's what we see in Amos. He's like, I'm done with your services. I'm done with all this stuff. I want you to sing to me. I've also heard the phrase hurting cats. I like that. Hurting. You ever tried to get a cat to do something that you want it to? It's like, hmm, let me think about that. No, instead, I'm going to stick my bottom in your face. uh, And then I'm going to go over here and cough up a hairball. That's what's going to happen. Right? That's what cats do. Hurting cats, man. You don't don't ever. You can't ever get a cat to do. If you ever want to get a cat to do something, act like you don't care. And then it'll come up and do that. Just, just advice for you cat owners. So religion generates unnecessary and inadequate uh, activity. It's simply teaching a pig to sing. I also want to remind you, this is the third thing I want to let you know, is that religion can be a substitution for knowing God. Religion can be a substitution for knowing God. I want to tell you a story. It's a story I heard a while back, and I want to tell it to you again. It's the story of Tommy and Gina. Tommy used to work on the docks. Union's been on strike. He's down on his luck. It's tough. Gina works the diner all day. Some of you are laughing. You know this is a song. So, I, so <laughs> but I want to tell you about Tommy and Gina. Tommy and Gina have been married for several years. They have young kids. They both have uh, blossoming careers. And uh, Gina's not happy. She's like, look, we're just not connecting anymore. She goes to Tommy and she says, look, look, we've got to do something. We've got to, 
to stoke the fire, we've got to get the romance going again. We, we, we've got to work on this, okay? This is not working for me. Tommy goes, I got you. I hear you. We're going to fix this. Next Tuesday night, Gina comes home from work. On the bed is laid out this new dress that he bought with a note and a single red rose. And it says, I've taken care of the child care. The kids have a babysitter. Meet me at the restaurant where I proposed to you at 7 o'clock tonight for a dinner date. And she's like, oh, my gosh, this is awesome. This is amazing. So she puts on it's just her favorite color. It's a blue dress. She puts on the dress, and then she goes to the restaurant, and there he is. And they've got this amazing dinner planned, and he orders for her, and it's exactly what she wanted. And then a violinist comes up and plays their song that they danced to at their wedding. And they just have this amazing time, and Gina's just on cloud nine. She's like, this is incredible. Next week, Tuesday night, Gina gets home from work. The blue dress is laid out on the bed. Single red rose, a note. Meet me again at the restaurant at 7 o'clock. And, and we're going to celebrate. She goes, oh, okay, cool. She goes to the restaurant. He orders the same meal for her. The violinist plays the same song. And, and it's nice. It's did that last week, but okay, it's, it's nice. And she's appreciative. You know, Tommy's trying. He's, he's trying. He's trying to be romantic. And, and they, they, have a, they have a good night. It's a little awkward, a couple of lulls in the conversation, but... It's okay. Next Tuesday night, she gets home from work. Blue dress, single red rose, note, the kids are at the sitter, meet me at the same restaurant. She gets there and she's like, Tommy, what is going on? He's like, you wanted romance. He orders the same meal, the same song is played. Everything's the same thing. Next week, the blue dress, the single rose, the note on the bed, over and over and over and over. And Gina is beginning to freak out at this point. She's calling her girlfriends and she's saying, what's wrong with Tommy? What's wrong with my marriage? This is weird. This is not what I wanted. But if you ask Tommy how his marriage is going, he would say, I romance my wife religiously. Religion can be a substitution for knowing God. Where there's just a form, where there's just activity, even good activity, but there's no life in it. It's just repeating the same thing over and over. Second Timothy chapter three. And we're going to read verses one through five. The Apostle Paul's talking to Timothy. He says, "You should know this, Timothy, that in the last days there will be very difficult times." For people will love only themselves and their money. They will be boastful and proud, scoffing at God, disobedient to their parents and ungrateful. They will consider nothing sacred. They will be unloving and unforgiving. They will slander others and have no self-control. They will be cruel and hate what is good. They will betray their friends, be reckless, be puffed up with pride, and love pleasure rather than God. Here's the kicker, verse 5. They will act religious but they will reject the power that could make them godly. Stay away from people like that. Wow. 
So you've got these people that their hearts are in turmoil. Their hearts have not been changed. They're not, their hearts have not come in contact with the living, powerful God. But yet they're doing the religion dance. They're going to the services. They know the right songs. They can quote the right scripture. But there's no relationship. They've substituted knowing God for the form of religion. And he says, hey, look, you be careful with those people. You don't want to get any of that on you. That's not healthy. That's not what I want for you. We don't want to simply substitute our relationship with God for mere works, for activity. Again, the activity should be because we love God. Matthew chapter 15, verse 6. Jesus is having it out with the Pharisees. Man, he's really getting on to them. It's intense, okay? It's serious. And, and he's, Jesus, Jesus called, you know, you know, Jesus never really gave the sinners that heart of a time. He simply said, come to me. But the religious people, ooh, they made him really, really mad. And, and I'm going to skip part of this just for the sake of, of time. But, but he's, he's getting on to the Pharisees. They're asking him questions. He's like, look, you do things that you say is good, but it's not really good. What, what they used to do, uh, we'll just start, it says, verse 6, In this way, you say, uh, you say they don't need to honor their parents. You cancel the word of God for the sake of your own tradition. So what's happening is this. The Pharisees had a, an extra rule. It's not in Scripture. What Scripture says is honor your father and your mother. But they had an extra rule. It was called Corbin. And Corbin was the practice of setting aside all of your inheritance, everything that you have, all of your money, all your possessions, and giving it to the church. And it was a way to say, well, so-and-so has done Corbin. Whoa, he must be a big deal in the church. And Jesus was saying, look, no one ever asked you to do that. I asked you to give. I asked you to let that part of your life be subject to me. But I didn't ask you to give everything because what you're actually doing is instead of taking care of your ailing parents, you're saying, well, I can't help. Sorry, mom and dad, because I'm giving all my stuff. I'm saving it all up. I'm going to give it all to church when I die. And he says, he says, you cancel the word of God for the sake of your own tradition. See, they thought they were doing the right thing. They thought they were doing a religious act, but it wasn't what God really wanted because there was no relationship. They didn't know God. He says, verse 7, you hypocrites to the Pharisees. Isaiah was right when he prophesied about you. For he wrote, these people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. Their worship is a farce. It's fake. It's not real. For they teach man-made ideas as the commands of God. Man-made ideas as the commands of God. We never want to substitute what we think, our traditions, our religious activity, for what God is saying. Guys, true Christianity is a relationship, not a religion. It's knowing a person. God didn't send Jesus so you could have a relationship with the rules. He sent Jesus so you could have a relationship with him. He's pursuing you with all that he is. And he's asking you to pursue him with all that you are. 
I want you to look at this scripture. And I'm going to read it um, up on the screen behind me. Actually, this is kind of funny. I, I have ha- half of my notes from this sermon. The other half of my notes were from last week's sermon. So I'm going to read this on the screen uh, behind me. It says, this is Matthew 11:28 28 through 30, but this is the message translation. It says this, are you tired, worn out, burned out on religion? Come to me. Get away with me and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. Isn't that amazing? Don't you see God's heart for you in that? Don't you see God's heart for a relationship with you in that? That's, that's what he wants. He doesn't want you to just be task-oriented in your relationship. And sure, yes, we do things. But he wants it to be the overflow of a heart on fire and in love with him. And my question to you this morning is, are you ready to rethink your relationship with God and replace religion? I want you to rethink your relationship. I don't want you to be like Tommy and Gina. Tommy was trying, man. He was trying so hard. He just wanted to make his wife happy. But he decided to embrace a ritual or a rule or a tradition instead of having a heart-to-heart relationship. I don't want that for you. I don't want that for this church. I want us to be a people that can hear the heartbeat of God. And when someone comes in our midst and they don't look like us, we don't judge them on the outside. We say, no, 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 no. They're made in the image of God too. And, and, and when, when something bad happens and someone does something that, that, that messes us up, and it's okay to be angry. It's okay to say that that's wrong, what they did was wrong. But we practice forgiveness. Why? Because it's the heart of God. Now, well, I guess I have to forgive. No, no, no. You should want to do what God wants you to do. And this relationship, this vibrant living relationship with God, it'll change your life. Next week, the sermon's entitled Stop in the Name of Love. And the song just started in your head. And we're going to talk about, it's going to be a continuation of this. Because many of you right now, you're like, all this ooey-gooey relationship, it sounds great. But what about acting right? Some of you have addiction you need to get rid of. Some of you have some very real sin issues you need to get rid of. And this relationship is great. And yay, we love Jesus. And Jesus is my boyfriend. But how do I get rid of this? That's what we're going to talk about next week. In light of religion being ousted from our lives for a relationship with Jesus, how do we act right? What's the way in which we walk in holiness and righteousness? Because that's every bit, of, uh, every bit of a part of the gospel as the love of Jesus, as the conviction of Jesus. So we're going to talk about that, about how this works in the New Testament. But this is my question for you. Are you ready to rethink the relationship with Jesus and to replace religion? Let's stand for prayer.
If you will, close your eyes. I always like for us to respond to what the Lord is saying. In this moment, why don't you ask the Holy Spirit, am am I religious? Not in a good way, in in a bad way. Am, Am I replacing a relationship with Jesus for a religion? Just ask him. Just give him a second. Let him talk to you. You may feel like an impression, like, no, you're good. Or you may feel an impression like, yeah, there needs to be work. Or That's the Holy Spirit talking to you. I want to lead you in a prayer where we commit that, yes, we'll do good works. But we commit to make sure that these are only out of a relationship with Jesus. They're not dead works. And it's not just a mere religion, a mere uh, tradition, a ritual or a rule that we're doing in order to make God happy. Let me lead you in this prayer, if you will. Just repeat this after me. Say, Lord Jesus, I want to know you and have a relationship with you. Not just have a religion with you. So I invite you to direct my heart to show me the way to go. I want a relationship that's living and vibrant and alive. Help me fall in love with you all over again. I submit myself to your will and your way. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Hey, once again, thanks for listening to the VFC podcast. If you live in the Thomasville area, we would love for you to connect with us in person. For more information about our weekly gatherings, including service times and directions, Just visit us at vfcthomasville.org.